while we're reading now. Um, it's 1 Peter chapter 1, verse, reading from verse 17 through to chapter 2, verse 10. You'll find that on page 1186, the Bibles on the seats there. Page 1186, 1 Peter, chapter 1, verses 17 through chapter 2, verse 10. Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that it may grow you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by, by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, see, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now, to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which was also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now 
you have received mercy. Such is the word of the Lord. Morning, everyone. Uh, let's pray. Uh, gracious Heavenly Father and God, we, uh, we come to you uh, really with the words of that song we sang not too long ago, Speak, O Lord. We ask that you would make us uh, listeners uh, determinedly wanting to hear your encouragement to us and corrections to us and your encouragement of us. Change us, mould us, make us more like our Lord Jesus and keep me from error, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> it's our second week of uh, 1 Peter and uh, we said it's uh, written against uh, the backdrop of looming persecution. It's interesting when you think of it like that, because it's Peter approaches that situation, which in our day, to be honest, we want our rights. We uh, start talking to politicians. Peter starts talking about being godly and living rightly. It's very interesting to me. He wants, in Vibe 12, he says, he wants his readers to stand fast we said the key verse, or two verses, to understand 1 Peter is found in chapter 2, verses 11 to 12, where it says, Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires that war against your soul. Live such good lives amongst the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and praise and glorify your God on the day he visits us. The Lord has called us to be his people. Last week we said it was about we as God's chosen people are to live determinately, determinately obedient lives, joyfully living as his people. Today, we are a unified people, unified as we live holy lives, loving others and each other deeply. Our alien Lord, we chose, I chose that, didn't I? Uh, I said it wasn't about uh, my love of alien versus predator, had nothing to do with that or alien movies, but I had hoped it was memorable this sermon's titled Our Alien Life Form. Firstly, our alien Lord in verses 17 to 21 of chapter 1. The phrase, you've been redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, hit me. I take it to be fairly negative. I think you probably hear that as negative. I think it refers to the life that they had before they came to Jesus. I think it refers to the cultural traditions of their backgrounds, maybe Jewish, maybe other backgrounds as well. They are to consider those backgrounds empty, 
striking word, empty. Paul had a, a different way of saying it, but the same. Philippians 3, 7 to 9, but whatever were gains to me, he said, I now consider loss. I consider loss, same as empty, for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Uh, they're pretty striking words. They're pretty heavy words. I uh, actually say things like that a lot. What a load of rubbish. What a lot of garbage. People look at you and say, Keith, what are you talking about? And, of course, it's usually me being silly or stupid or dribbling on. Paul here is not dribbling on. Peter is not dribbling on. He's actually quite serious. Paul was convinced. Peter is telling them to be convinced that the greatest thing they have is Jesus, that all that they had in the past was rubbish. Now, some of us have stronger traditions than others, I assume. Some of us are very, I don't know about you, but I, I, things I grew up with, the cultural things I was given, they're pretty important. Peter says they're nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing compared to the wonderful thing we have in Jesus, those perishable things, the things that pass away, that change and have gone, they don't count. The greatest thing we have is Jesus. He lasts. The life we have in our Lord is one that he has given to us and has predestined us. It doesn't pass away. It is our treasure. In fact, our precious Lord Jesus was a sacrifice, you see, in verse 19. But we've got all these things because the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Though you believe in him who raised him from the dead and glorified him, so your faith and hope are in God. This uh, way we carried on, the way we thought was precious, the way we the things that we thought were really important are rubbish <clears throat> compared to what God was doing, what God has always planned to do, how God has sent his son Chosen before the creation of the world. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? I thought we were chosen before the creation of the world. So Jesus, this plan is not accidental. His mission was not a fluke. His life given, his life lived, was part of this thing which isn't rubbish. It's eternal. 1 Peter 1.20 says, He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times. Our Saviour, 
chosen before the creation of the world, had always planned to save us. And that's you. He is our sacrificial, perfect Lord. He is the one who has come from, not from our world, but alien to our world. He is the one that has come full of grace and truth. His love means that he has transformed our world, the most important life that has ever lived happened for us, for you. A new life in our new Lord. Jesus is not like the Lord of this world. He's alien. We have an alien life, an alien life to this world. It's a new life but it's a new life that was planned. It's a new life that's been given. It's a new life which is above everything. Everything else is rubbish and garbage. I'm so happy to be able to speak like that. I do that all the time. Now I can because that's what Peter says. This life comes from God himself to us. We get there because of an alien birth, which is our second point in verse 23 of chapter 1. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living, enduring word of God. God has made us alive in his word, has come alive in us. God, by the power of his spirit and word, has made us who were perishable, made us imperishable, made us, we were earthly, he's made us heavenly. We were once were lost, we were found, we were blind, now we see all those things. Our sacrifice, the sacrifice of Jesus has brought us into eternity. His life given for us has given us new birth. When we say, yes, God has been working in us, drawing us to himself where we can't say no. His word in Jewers, it says in verse 25, forever. This word has given us new birth into his life. Here is an alien life. It's a new life, and that's what he wants to get. Peter wants to make sure that this, we understand that what was is not important. What is, is eternal. And that it's also about totally in there, being there totally, giving of oneself to what God is doing. God reforms our life, transforms our hearts and minds into this new life. 
And in a sense, it's an alien life. The world tells you to do all sorts of things. One thing it won't tell you is this, 1 Peter 5, 6, humble yourselves under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time, which comes from 1 Peter 5, verse 6. This new life means that we live a new way. This new life is given to us in Christ. It's our third point, alien life blood. We know that the Lord is good. You see that in chapter 2, verse 3. You didn't need to read it there. You knew that anyway. This new life means that we love like our Redeemer. Jesus is love. Jesus is full of truth and truth alone. His word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is consistent. How are we to be in this new life? Chapter 2, verse 1, rid ourselves of malice and deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind. Instead, crave pure spiritual milk. It's a good question. What is pure spiritual milk? I can't even pronounce it. Milk. Milk. <laughs> it's amazing. Milk. When you hear milk, you hear it connected to babies, I think. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 3, Paul did say, stop being babies. Basically, don't grow up. Don't just drink milk, basically. That's not what's happening here in 1 Peter. Peter instead asks them to crave pure spiritual milk. He's saying, crave this message of the gospel. Crave this knowledge of our Lord and Saviour. Crave the spirit of the living God that transforming you to be like Jesus. Our Lord was sacrificial. Be sacrificial. He suffered for doing good. Be prepared to suffer. He did not repay evil for evil. Don't do so. Be like him. He did all those things that we might live for him. Be merciful as God is merciful. He will go on and say in chapter 5, verses 8 to 9, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with evil. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. So again, remember the context of persecution. Stand up for your rights? No. Do not repay evil with evil. Repay evil with blessing. Paul will say something like Ephesians 4, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit of the bond of peace. Peter wants to make sure that as they understand, as they've entered this new life, that they behave a certain way. 
And then once he knows how they say they behave in a way that pleases Jesus, he wants them to know that they're doing this together, which is our fourth point, an alien body. Chapter 2, verses 4 to 10. Peter reminds them of their uniqueness, their uniqueness as each other, but they're also their uniqueness together. They are Christ's. We are a special body living for Jesus. And he has three stone quotations about Jesus. Jesus is the cornerstone of a living people who are a holy priesthood doing good, doing God's work. The Lord of all, the one who must be worshipped, he is the one his one people embrace. We are people, as we said, who live in a day where people don't like anyone to talk like that. We are individuals. We're free. No one can tell me what to do. I'm busy crafting my own path and looking for, trying to find myself. People always say it's a shame you did. Can you put yourself back? Peter wants them to know and where to know that we are God's special possession. Boy, we hate that word. We want to be free, but God's, we are God's, doing God's work in his world. We praise him, we receive mercy and love. We're to do that together, keeping the unity of God's love as a people together, as a holy, royal priesthood. Peter wants them to know their special place and the role they have. They've been called out of darkness. Been called into God's wonderful light. Live together in a special way. They'll face their issues of their persecution together. How? Repay evil with good. They are to live alien lives. That's an alien life with alien thinking. They're to do that together. Peter says in 1.22, have sincere love for each other. Love one another deeply from the heart. Peter's message flows from the grace and the mercy and the new birth that they have. It overflows in a love together as a special people. We will love one another. We will be merciful and caring to each other. We will bear with one another, support and encourage and help one another. We will do good in our lives. We are truthful, compassionate, humble, not considering others better not considering ourselves better than other people. We do this together. This life that's been given to us is alien. 
but it's a new life taking form in us, transforming us, and it transformed our world. We cannot hide the wonder of God's love to us. We want others to know his wonderful light as we know our precious Saviour. We are a unified people, unified by the action of God, unified as we live holy lives, loving each other deeply. We are people who are chosen before the creation to be God's special people. There's nothing amazing about us that makes us boastful. Instead, we are humble and thankful. And we live as God asks us to live, sacrificially, mercifully, compassionately, gently, humbly. We have a unified God with a unified plan to make us a unified people. Our lifeblood is obedience, obedience to our Lord. We love his ways. We are a people holy to our God, living holy lives in our world, doing good, praising his name. We are a unified people, unified as we live holy lives, loving each other deeply. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we thank you that you have made us your people. We praise you and thank you that you have made us to be like you. We ask that you would do that in us. It's not our nature. Our nature is to be for ourselves. Our nature is to be free. Our nature is to love ourselves more than others, to not to repay evil with evil. Lord, we pray that we might turn from all these ways, that you would convict us, of, convict us of our need to change and to be more like Jesus. We ask that you would do that work in us. Thank you that you have given us a new birth in you. We pray that we would live it out and keep living, encouraged by the fact that you have loved us with an everlasting love empowered by the fact that your spirit has come alive in us, empowered by your word, which we know and read, which is eternal and everlasting. Lord, you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And we ask that we might live lives worthy of you together, unified around your great and wonderful, our great wonderful Saviour, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.